0: some days are terrible you wish that you were dead and some days are magical like great banana bread someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads the
1: voices in our heads greetings earthlings how you doing congrats on not taking your own life life is freaking hard on planet earth and you're still here and i applaud you for that give yourself a fucking hug Put your dick away. Wait, do you need spreadsheets. Get off the treadmill. So I can be present. Thank you for letting me be the voice in your head uh, the, at this hour. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I'm recording two back to back episodes because Thursday is usually when I record, and this Thursday, last Thursday, it was Thanksgiving, so I'm gonna do two. So if something crazy happened to me or to the world, I hope not. The girl can wish. Uh, you're not gonna hear me talk about it because, well, uh, I haven't I haven't lived through it yet. Um, but I wanted to just start off like I did last week with a fucking movie recommendation. I love movies. I love stories and I want to be in a movie one day and I want to win an Oscar for it. So come on, you think having an agent would make you in the movies, especially if it's like CAA, but nah, not really. Uh, but I want to take personal responsibility and go, maybe there's something I'm not doing right. Uh, what it is, I don't know. Uh, but I'm a great actress anyway. Uh, I fucking love movies and, I watch movies on planes a lot. I fly Delta. You know, I don't have anything good or bad to say about them. I just fly them the most because I got to pick one so I get the points. And, uh, and you know, I got to say, when a, when a movie, I love going to the movie theater because you're just immersed in the film, whether it's good or bad. I mean, if it's bad, it's hard to pay attention. But the screen is so big. The sound quality is so good. The theater's dark. It's very easy to escape in a movie theater. When you're on an airplane, especially if there's babies or there's a snoring guy next to you or someone fucking farts so bad, you're like, just go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, get so mad when that happens. Um, you know when you're like, is that a bologna sandwich? No, oh, it's not. But when a movie can captivate you on an airplane, on a hectic ass little bullet that's being flung through the sky fueled by jet fuel, uh, that to me is a good sign. Now this movie, I recommended it on my Patreon. So you've already heard it. If you're a member, which you should be patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson, I hold group share P four times a month. I'm really good at it. Uh, the movie is called jewels. Now, of course it caught my eye because there was an alien on the cover and I was like, I'm listening. Um, and the sound quality of my personal seat, I don't know if it was the headphones that they give you or what, it wasn't great, so it was hard to, but I was so engrossed in this movie the whole time, and I was, I laughed out loud to the point where everyone was looking at me, and I was like, oh, what, you hate joy? Stop farting, sir, go to the bathroom. Uh, and I cry, cry, cried, I mean, that's not gonna say, that's not to say you will cry, because, I'm a sensitive ass bitch. Double Pisces, sun and moon, Aries rising. Thank you very much. Um, But this movie was fucking fantastic. It's called Jewels. I'm going to read a synopsis of the film. A man's quiet life gets upended when a UFO crashes in his backyard in rural Pennsylvania. He befriends the mysterious extraterrestrial. Things start to get complicated when two neighbors discover it and the government quickly closes in. This movie is so fucking good it's just a slice of lovely that's what it is yes it might make you emotional but it's not it's not that intense it's so sweet and on an on another note which i imagine the average viewer wouldn't be thinking this but with everything i know about aliens and the people i've talked to that have like worked in the government or whatever they're like we have it so wrong, you know, pop culture portray, uh, portrays aliens as these like, you know, in fucking Independence Day, we got to fight them, we got to kill them before they kill us. The show Invasion on Apple TV, great fucking show, but they don't depict aliens the way that they actually are. Now, look, I know that there are bad aliens out there. I know because this guy, Alan Steinfeld, who wrote Make It Contact, told me and I trust him. Uh, but just like people, we're not all great, huh? In fact, a lot of us are pieces of shit. Well, I would say there's more bad people than bad aliens, but that's just a guess and a hope. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, the, the first movie that I ever saw about aliens, of course, that portrayed them in a beautiful light, fucking ET. Oh, I love that movie. I can't watch. I like it. I tried to watch it a couple of years ago with Colin, and it bro- I broke down. I just broke I had like a panic attack. Now I wasn't like upset, but I was just like. Very emotionally moved by that movie. And I remember that when I was a kid and I saw that, I cried, cry, cried, 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 cried really hard. Oh my God. I was Gertie, okay? Uh, I cried so hard. And um, I remember we went to Universal Studios in Florida, maybe later that year, a couple of years later. And my old, my brother, was eight years older than me, he had gone to the bathroom. We, we did the ET ride at Universal where you're on the bike. And I, look, I was fucking five or six. So I was very little. I remember that ride. Oh my God. I remember every fucking second of that ride. Cause I was like, wait, are we
0: going to fucking meet E.T.? Are we really going to meet him? Are we going to meet
1: him? Um, and my mom was like, uh-huh. And I was like,
0: fuck you mom. Thanks for taking me here.
1: And you know, you see an electronic version of E.T. in this ride. And it was just, it it. it, it I was just moved. I really thought I had met E.T. And then my brother came back from the bathroom and I'm, I'm sure one of my parents set this up because my brother was, you know, still young. He might've had cash cash money on him but not much he came back with a stuffed animal et and he goes hey i was in the bathroom and et left this on the back of the toilet he wanted you to have it and fucking five-year-old me was like
0: are you fucking serious he left that for me because he knew that i would want it because i love him
1: i thought for 10 years that that was actually from et okay I fucking love aliens, and I love when they're portrayed in a positive light, and the movie Jules delivers on that. Not that that's why you should watch it, but it's like a nice little added bonus. The way that this alien is portrayed is so beautiful and peaceful and lovely, and the old man whose house he crashes in the back up, like, the relationship between this old man and this alien is so fucking sweet. Oh my fuck, this movie is so good. This might be... Other than um Inside Out, Disney's Inside Out, which is an animated film about emotions. God damn, that was that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, and Bridesmaids and Elf. I got a lot. But uh Jules is now definitely top five. hundred. It was it's just it's a movie you can watch for the rest of your life. You know, it's just so lovely. It's so gentle. There's a lot of moments in it that are so fucking funny. Um Jane Curtins in it. Fucking legendary Jane Curtin on the 1975 cast of Saturday Night Live. Um, fantastic in it. Ben Kingsley's the old guy, which I didn't fucking realize until later. I'm like, wait, that was Ben Kingsley? Holy shit. It was one of the best movies I've seen in a long, long, long time. Uh, and I looked it up. As of as of the day that I'm recording the show, you have to buy it on Amazon, on Apple Store, whatever. Uh, it's, it's not currently streaming unless you're on a Delta flight. But, um, yeah, for a movie to captivate you, uh, on a flight, that's a good movie. And, uh, I wanted to share this quote from the director because I was really moved by how the alien didn't talk and it looked so peaceful and his eyes. Have you ever looked a horse in the eye? It's otherworldly. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like a horse is just like to be around a horse. There's something different about horses, they're gigantic and they're gentle, but their eyes, there's something very beautiful behind a horse's eyes and very peaceful. That was a similar quality to this alien. Um, so, so, yes, yeah, so this is a quote from the director, Mark Turtletaub. He explains, the alien is a catalyst. It's like a creature that has no voice because he didn't talk that allows other people to find their voice when they can't when they can find their voice. They can find their connection. Turtle Top hopes audiences learn from the movie that mostly how important it is to be a great listener. Man, I'm going to start crying again. God damn it. Um, it's such a it's such a great movie. And, uh, and that quote reminds me of how, you know, the unconditional love of a pet. Part of it, like, yes, they do love you unconditionally and they just want you to be there. Um, but it's also that they can't talk, which is part of the charm to it. Because it's just like, they just look at you. Like when Kevin looks at me when I'm talking to him, I'm just like, I feel like you understand what I'm saying, dude, and you're just let me talk. I have a bit I do on stage. I'm like, I just talk to my dog all day and all night, and sometimes I'll say shit that just blows me out of the water. I'm like, damn. That would have taken me years to arrive at in therapy. Thanks, Kev. It's very powerful. Being a good listener is a is a unfortunately a rare skill, um, uh, but it's a it's a powerful one. And then you just watch people talk in circles and it's great. Honestly, fucking it's a great party trick. Um, Okay, moving on. So yeah, go see the movie Jules. J-U-L-E-S. It's so fucking good. Uh, Here's the thing that I would love if the news stopped doing. Um, And again, if you are somebody listening and you are affected, whether directly or indirectly, uh, whichever side you are on by all the wars happening, the happening in Gaza, happening in Ukraine, like I'm, I'm, I'm fuck, My fucking heart is with you. I don't care what side you're on. I don't give a fuck. I want you to, I'm sorry that you're suffering. That sucks something that the news has been doing that i'm like this ain't it news the 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 jewish people from israel that were kidnapped by hamas uh the women stop showing bikini photos of them don't do that that's fucking rude they're kidnapped and you don't even know if they're alive and i feel like cool it's a hot girl but also pick a photo where she has clothes on not that's nothing to do with the girl fucking be hot bitch show you titties But while you're being kidnapped and we're like looking for you, don't fucking do that. That's cheap. That's fucking rude. Okay? Don't shut like anybody, male or female. Just don't. Like, don't. oh, this man got kidnapped and you just show a picture of him in a fucking Speedo at a pool in Vegas.
0: Maybe pick another
1: photo. You know? Stop showing fucking thought photos of these women that are like are going through something extremely traumatic. Although part of me is like in a, in a comedy sketch world, it's like, I hope, first of all, I hope everybody who's kidnapped is safe, uh, but who fucking knows the odds probably are low. Uh, and then secondly, like if they did see that, in a, in a, in a my comedy world, in my comedy movie world, I'm like, maybe they're like, wow, still got it, you know, or something, but like, you got to alleviate that tension. Cause it's like, oh my God, you're talking about this. You're interviewing parents of a kidnapped woman. And then you're showing a montage of photos of her with her titties out. Like you, you can pick other photos. Unless the photo, those are the photos the parents picked. In which case, hey, it's their fucking kid. They do what they want. Is it weird? Maybe. But okay, it's, I feel better. But I feel like it's the news, the news producers going, okay, which one? Should we show a photo of her uh, at her college graduation or one from spring break? You know what? Let's do the spring break one.
0: That's a dumb idea.
1: Okay. Um, all right. So I want I have a new segment. Okay. I have a new fucking segment uh, that I want to introduce. This segment is called The Love of My Life This Week. Okay, as you know, I, Christina Marie Hutchinson, I'm a very intense person. And I get these bursts of obsession with people, places, and things. And uh, in honor of that, you know what? I'm not going to hide that about myself anymore. First of all, I can't because uh, I wear all of my feelings on my face and uh, in my voice. But I, when I read a book see a movie with a character or something that's like so good i just it's like my body lights on fire i it's it's annoying i don't i wouldn't choose it for myself to how to react but it's how i react um and so i very intensely get into stuff as i'm sure you've probably picked up if you've listened to more than three seconds of this show um so the love of my life this week jesus fucking christ i mean it's like it's like how I feel about this person, I don't know if you guys have been to New York City, but, and I drive in the city. I don't skydive, but I drive in the city. And when I, there is, there are every time, every time I drive over a bridge, especially if it's fucking sunset and I'm driving over the top level of like the 59th Street Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge, and you just look out at this magnificent fucking city that people built. This is all an idea in people's brains. P.S. We're pretty fucking cool people. As much as we could suck, we're also. Pretty cool. And we're capable of really great things. That's my Beyoncé's my hero because she's the epitome of human potential. Um, but when I'm driving on a on a on a warm fall day and the sun's setting over the fucking Brooklyn Bridge, and I'm just looking at the Statue of Liberty and thinking of all the people that can't, and I'm like, just like, holy shit, life is so beautiful. That's how I feel about the love of my life this week, who is none other than Edie Patterson, who plays perhaps. I know I exaggerate a lot and I'm very hyperbolic and that'll never change probably. I love it too, but it won't. Uh, Judy Gemstone on this HBO show, The Righteous Gemstones. You gotta watch this fucking show. It delivers. I'm a stand-up comedian. When something's not funny, I get fucking pissed and I kind of like, I'm like, why did the writers waste my time with this? Uh, Because there's so much funny shit that I only want to be exposed to that, but that's not how life works. Um, Sometimes unfunny stuff makes funny stuff more funny. Uh, But, this show, The Righteous Gemstones, is fantastic. And this character, Judy Gemstone, so Danny McBride, one of the funniest motherfuckers on the planet. Oh my God, that motherfucker's funny. I mean, otherworldly funny. He and his own, his brand of humor is so specifically him, dude. Oh man, he's such a cunt. He's such a little cocksucker. Like he's such a, he's such a twat. He's such a selfish, narcissistic twat. His characters, not him. And it's so funny. It's so funny because it lightens a load of the narcissists twats that you have in your life. Um, and it kind of gives them a little bit of uh, grace in a way. Um, Righteous Gemstones is one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. It delivers every single episode. I'm always surprised by the characters. But let me tell you something. Judy Gemstone, she's the love of my life this week. Holy shit. This is a, I think this might be the single greatest television character in history, at least on the comedy side. And I'm so glad it's a woman because sometimes it's not. A lot of times it's not. And I'm like, thank God. Cause I know women can be funny. I am one. But man, sometimes they're not. And it bums me out. But this chick has cojones. Okay. I would best describe, she's like a if you're a screenwriter or a writer of any kind, like this witnessing this character on the show is a masterclass in how to write a character because I'm I I write scripts a lot tv scripts in particular and you know you always want to go like who are these characters because tv tv is about the characters and the people involved in their stories like a lot of movie is about plot television is about characters i've never come across a character like this and i'm like how in the writer's room like how did they pitch this like in the pitch danny mcbride's already had a bunch of hits on hbo so i don't He probably didn't have to do much pitching for the show because they trusted him rightfully so. But I always think like, if you could describe this character in two words, how would you say it? And for Judy Gemstone, I would describe her as horny princess. She's a horny princess. And she, oh, she's so horny. And she's so unaware of herself. It's fucking awesome. So, uh, Righteous Gemstones is about an evangelical family that started a church. Uh, the Gemstones, I think is the the name of the church or so. Whatever. Uh, I'm, only,
0: I'm only on the third season.
1: Um, uh, but it's... Um, Danny McBride and then Edie Patterson and uh, fucking uh, dad from Roseanne. Why I'm up, John Goodman. God, John Goodman's good. The whole cast is fucking fire, as Gen Z says. Uh, but I would describe Judy Jensen as a horny princess. And I just wanted to read to you a bunch of quotes from the show, just so you can get an idea if you do not know this woman already. And I did post uh, on my Instagram stories weeks ago. I'm like, why the fuck was I sleeping on the show? Judy Gemstone, greatest character in history. And a lot of TV writers and like big TV writers, yes, I'm bragging because I earned it, Um, who follow me, saw that and they were like, hands down the best character on television. And I was like, right? And they these were from people that write some good TV. And I'm like, dude, don't sleep on this shit. Righteous Gemstone. So, they're southern they all have southern accents which i think makes it funny um but here's some quotes that judy gemstone has said in the show righteous gemstones i like it when jesse gets in trouble it makes my bird twitch <laughs> she means her pussy wet uh i have regular woman panties where the string goes up my crack i have tits i do sex i'm carving my own path you're one of those benevolent lesbians out to meet a hot guy and make friends with him so you can sample suck some clean dick like, who the fuck says that shit? Every line, she surprises me every time. I'm just amazed by how much I didn't see that coming. Um, oh yeah, this one scene when they're talking about a sculpture. She uh she has a sculpture in her house. They're all rich as shit. They're all millionaires and they're spoiled because they grew up, you know, with their dad running this church. Um, she had a sculpture in her house or something, and somebody comments on it and she goes, Yeah, well, it's a sculpture. I got a good price on it because the dick is weird. <laughs> Um, one quote, I just felt a gush. I need to go buy some tamps and go lay down. (laughs) This one is an exchange between Judy Gemstone and Jesse Gemstone, which uh, is Danny McBride. Um, Judy, you know what I want? I want to get married and get the hell out of Dodge. I'm going to move to Malibu Beach and shave my pussy and learn to surf. Jesse, shave your pussy? Why do you want to shave your pussy? Judy, so I could surf faster, (laughs) Jesse. She also has this like Napoleon Dynamite vibe to her where she's like fucking idiot god um oh this one this one line's great guess i'll just get someone from the crowd to finger me (laughs) this girl's my soulmate and then there's this one scene where they have the 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 simplest three siblings adam devine who's so fucking funny oh he's so funny um and then edie patterson is the sister and then danny mcbride is the the oldest brother and um they have an uncle who uh, just keeps marrying people and then just leaving them because he's avoiding responsibility and he's very spoiled. He's a huge, great character, great actor. Um, He ends up uh, impregnating this woman who's like super Southern, but like white trailer trash, like muskrat soup, skin a raccoon trailer, like dirty feet trailer trash. And um, there was what, they didn't like each other, Judy and this aunt. And uh, the aunts, or yeah, it's Judy's aunt, uh, but Judy's older than her but because the uncle dates like 23 year olds then. So that's the dynamic. And, uh, there was a scene where the aunt was on the bus and she was getting, she was pregnant and she was going back to Arkansas, where the fuck she's from. And then Judy has a change of heart. She was like, go on now. You need to go start your life. And then she has a change of heart, gets her off from the bus and has this beautiful speech to her of like, I'm so sorry you're coming with us. You're our family, blah, blah, blah. And the bus driver is standing behind her. He's like, that's so sweet. Um, is that, is that your niece? And she goes, no, bitch, it's my aunt. And the way she says that, no, bitch, it's my aunt. I'm just like, this character is the best character on television. So Judy Jumps, she's the love of my life this week. And another thing I wanted to do with the holiday season upon us, if you're like me or if you're a person on the internet, I'm on, I'm on to all these bustle.com any website that has a gift guide i'm on to you because first of all everything from your gift guide is from amazon fuck you there are other places to buy things you pieces of shit and then you realize at the top of those articles it usually says we may get a piece of the proceed of profits when you purchase this item if you click the link and i'm like so you're not fucking recommending me gifts you asshole you just want money Fuck you. And so I used to be obsessed with these gift guides because I love giving gifts, but I also like to like, what kind of gifts can I give? But then it's all fucking capitalism, man. It's all greed. It's all clickbait. So I wanted to suggest a gift for somebody. And as I'm saying this out loud, it might be insulting to give this to somebody unless they openly talk about it um, because it has to do with an aging face. Um, So you you tread lightly. Uh, Use your discretion. But I wanted to recommend a product that I discovered uh, through, um, the esthetician that I go to, Crystal at Heal With Chris on Instagram, C R Y S. She saved my skin and she told me what to do with my face and she told me what products out there are bullshit and which ones are good. This fucking, if you are in the Brooklyn area, go make an appointment with this woman. My, my face changed. I saw my friend from college that I hadn't seen in like years and she goes, Holy shit, did you get younger? And I was like, Yes. Out here with Chris, uh, but she recommended this to me, and I think you know us. We can't keep these secrets, you know. We we find a secret to like discovering something. You're like, oh shit, that makes me now look. I mean, there's more to life than looking younger, but man, when you're in your 30s, it's a fun priority. So uh, she recommended this um, product. It is a. It's like an. It delivers electric impulses, like electric pulses, electric shock to your, the things women do for beauty, right? Uh, To your face. And you use it, if you use it five minutes a day, if it basically works out the muscles in your face. So I remember seeing like videos from old, like in the 1950s where women were at the gym. And I know that they still make products like this where you could basically get abs sitting on your ass. I don't recommend that because just like do do crunches, you fucking lazy fuck. Um, but maybe you have a back injury and you can't do crunches and you want to get that thing. In which case I understand. Sorry. I just really judged you really hard. Um, but there's, a, it's this device called ever tone. It's one word E E V E R T O N E. And it, and it's, uh, you're not seeing the video of this, but, um, it looks like, frankly, it looks like a vibrator, but it's not. Um, and it has five levels and you have to use, and this is what crystal told me. You have to use the serum that comes with it. She's like, it's activating. Basically it sends electrical, um, little shocks i guess it doesn't hurt in any way it's not even and i'm a bitch with pain um to the muscles that you put it up against you like rub it once you get this th- if you do end up getting it for yourself i guess this is a gift card for you too uh or you can ask for this for christmas um because you know if you want to give it to your aunt or something like hey yo old bitch you want to look younger everton that you know that might be considered rude i guess um and you have to get the serum with it. That's a hot tip because I would have been like, I'll just use mine. I want to fucking buy theirs. But Crystal was like, No, you got to use theirs because it's it's really good. She tests all this shit. That's why that's why she's the fucking my go to for face. Um, but you use it uh, once a day for five, like five minutes. And I gotta say, yo, I used to have like a on my neck like like dangly skin not like like an old lady but like getting, you know the 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 beginnings of one and i just used i used this for 3 days and it's gone so it makes it's like working out it's working out your muscles in the same way that like you can get abs while sitting on your ass you can have a chiseled fucking face by just you know wiping this fucking evertone thing and using the serum uh 5 minutes a day and i got to say it shows i see a change and i'm like goddamn this is a good product and if, especially if you're a woman in the world, you're just bombarded by the billion dollar beauty industry. Say that eight times fast. And you, you're like, I don't know what product... Like what, I don't know. You've got to throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks and what works. And I get that you have to do that with most things, but goddamn, it's a waste of money, you know? And you try to read the reviews and then you realize capitalism has gotten to the review section because a lot of motherfuckers get paid to leave reviews. And once I found that out, I'm like, I don't trust any of y'all bitches, okay? You're just doing it for the paper, which do it for the paper, but now I can't trust that your recommendation is sincere. That's why I wanted to give you, there's no Amazon link, I don't know if you can get it on Amazon. Maybe you can, but try to not. Jeff Bezos got enough money. You know, that being said, I buy things on Amazon once a week, but because um, it's so convenient. It's so convenient. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, I think you should uh, try that out or give it to somebody. Um, I mean, men can absolutely use it, too. It makes your cheekbones fucking fire. It just really tones your face. And when you think about it, I bought this thing called Size. <laughs> so stupid. Fucking Instagram really is good at sell, sell me shit. Where you like, it's like this big rubber ball kind of, and you just like, like bite down on it. And it does exercise your jaw, but then you start to see your jaw getting like ripped. And you're like, why do I have the face of Arnold Schwarzenegger and the body of like a regular person? You know what I mean? Like your, it's like your face has abs. So I was like, I don't like this, but this Everton thing tones it perfectly. Whew. You can use it on your forehead, your cheeks, your neck. It's great. It's great. Um, men, don't get it for a woman in your life unless you've heard her talk about... If, maybe if she gets Botox or fillers or something. Honestly, this can replace that because that shit's poison anyway. If you get it, I don't blame you. I've gotten it before. It's fucking awesome. But this is better. This is better because you're not, like, injecting a chemical. Um now, you know, there could be some study about 10 years from now. It causes seizures. I don't know. I did look up like, oh, are there any really bad experiences from this product? And I didn't, nothing popped out at me. So um, do your own research and take everything I say with a grain of salt. But I'm just saying, fucking this Everton thing, fucking take your face to the gym. Okay. All right, guys. Guess what? It's time for some fuck boy theater. his last name here, but I'm not going to add him. So this conversation is between between is a little generous, but uh, this is a this guy Derek is talking at a lady. Um, and if you guys, if you have atrocious dating app conversations, whether they be in your Instagram DMs or on text or on the dating app themselves, fucking screenshot them, send them to your girl on Instagram. K r y s t y n a. I'm a millennial. Instagram is my app. Okay. Okay. This guy, Derek, and I'm going to read the dates for this conversation. You'll see why that's important very
0: shortly. April 19th. Hey, beautiful. Let's make plans some time for dinner. Maybe take out, uh, uh, maybe take out and a picnic style evening at a beach. Smiley face. That was April 19th. On August 13th, he says, Hey, beautiful. I hope you have a good day. Smiley face. August 15th. I hope that you have a good day, hon. Blushy face emoji. September 4th. Hey, beautiful. I hope that you have a good day. Winky face. Smiley face. September 20th. Hey, beautiful. I hope you have a good day. Winky face. Smiley face. And finally, uh, I don't know what date this is because it was the day that she checked it. So it just says 10, 19 a.m. But I can only assume it was September 29th. Would you ever want to go on a date with my wife and I? We honestly want a girlfriend and need consistency and someone who wants to be a part of us.
1: And scene.
0: Wow, guys.
1: Wow. Consistency. Consistency. Derek loves consistency. Oh, go fuck yourself. And you know, I'm open to a woman being a piece of shit too because we can be. Okay. My ginger's not a bunch of angels. So send me your fuck girl screenshots. If you're lesbian or bi or if you're a guy, a straight guy who dates ladies. So, like I'll send them to me because I have to, there has to be them. But I've not seen many examples. So prove me wrong, bitch. All right, now I want to end this episode um, on an ep- on, on a on a. This is just an interesting. Social media is taking over our lives, uh, and it's not going anywhere. So I thought this is this is a really interesting book called Stolen Focus. I want to switch it up a little bit because I feel like, especially with the gift with holidays and stuff, everybody buying gifts, all these fucking gift guides, all these fucking ads. And it's just, you're on your phone a lot and it's exhausting. And so this is a really great book by Johan Hari. It's called Stolen Focus, Why You Can't Pay Attention and How to Think Deeply Again. I mean, sign me up, pops. Um, this guy studies social media. He studies people's attention spans and he has a lot of really poignant things to say. Uh, He starts off the book and he'll kind of reference this in some of the sections I'll read. But just so you know, for context, he uh, went to Provincetown in Rhode Island uh, and he went to purchase at a Target or a Walmart uh, a flip phone with no Internet, a phone that could only send text messages and receive phone calls. Um, Actually, I don't even think it got he didn't. I don't think he had a phone with text. I think it was just phone calls because it's like in a case of emergency. And so he was there for an entire summer three months and he wrote about it at the top of the book um, and how it was you know, uncomfortable but then also very beneficial and how he had these human interactions with people that he never would have had because when you go to a bar by yourself um, which in New York, a lot of times you'll see motherfuckers with a book at a bar by themselves and I'm like that's the shit, that's my move Um, because sometimes you want to be around people but you don't want to talk to them, you know, New York City Um, but a lot of times people just be on their phones and certainly me There's a lot of shit to do on your phone. But anyway, this I thought was just a great little section that I want to read because I think it'll make you, um, I don't know, maybe it'll make you think about social media different. Maybe it won't. If it doesn't, tell me to go fuck off. Um, Don't, but you can. I had learned years before from social scientists that when it comes to beating any kind of destructive habit, one of the most effective tools we have is called pre-commitment. It's right there in the oldest surviving human of human stories. Homer's Odyssey. Homer tells of how there was once a patch of sea that sailors would always die in for a strange reason. Living in the ocean, there were two sirens. A uniquely hot blend of women and fish. Yeah, I didn't know what a siren was for a while. And they're like, it's like a mer, It's a mermaid with big old titties. I'm like, oh, okay. That explains it. Uh, Who could sing to the sailors to join them in the ocean. Then... When they clamored in for some sexy fish-based action, action, they drowned. But then one day, the hero of the story, Ulysses, figured out how to beat these temptresses. Before the ship approached the siren's stretch of sea, he got his crew members to tie him to the mast hard, hand and foot. See, that's what you got to do to keep a guy away from big titties. Literally tie him down to, a, to an object so he can't touch the titties. Uh, But that's not what this story is about. He couldn't move. He had um, when he heard the sirens, no matter how much Ulysses yearned to dive in, he couldn't. I had used this technique before when I was trying to lose weight. I used to buy loads of carbs and tell myself that I would be strong enough to eat them slowly and in moderation. (laughs) Oh, boo-boo. That don't fucking work. And then I would guzzle them at 2 a.m. Girl, me too. So I stopped buying them. At 2 a.m., I wasn't going to haul myself to the store to buy Pringles, unless you live in New York City, in which case there's a deli 24-7 at a minute's notice. The you that exists in the present, right now, wants to pursue your deeper goals and wants to be a better person, but you know you're fallible and likely to crack in the face of temptation, so you bind the future version of you, you narrow your choices, you tie yourself to the mast." There has been small, a small range of scientific experiments to see if this really works, at least in the short term. For example, in 2013, a professor of psychology named Molly Crockett, who I interviewed at Yale, got a bunch of men into a lab and split them into two groups. All of them were going to face a challenge. <laughs> they were told they could either see a slightly sexy, sexy picture right away if they wanted to, but if they were able to wait and do nothing for a little while... They would get to see a super sexy picture. Oh, my God. I love that she's talking to these men like they're toddlers. That's hilarious. The first group was told to use their willpower and discipline themselves in the moment. But the second group was given a chance before they were going into the lab to pre-commit, to resolve out loud that they were going to stop and wait so they could see the sexier photo. Oh, man, the commentary. The scientists wanted to know would the men who had made the pre-commitment hold out more often and longer than the men who didn't? It turned out pre-commitment was strikingly successful. Resolving clearly to do something and making a pledge that they'd stick to it made the men significantly better at holding out. In the years since, scientists have shown the same effect in a broad range of experiments. Oh, so that don't have to do with titties? Wow. I love every I've, That's so funny. These examples. Um. Soon, Lehman's son jumped into his bed, and I'm skipping around here, uh, and he knew with a lurch in his gut that there was something wrong. Every morning, his two boys would leap all over him and his wife, excitedly shrieking, glad to be awake for another day. Aw, kids. It's the kind of scene you picture longingly when you imagine becoming a parent, and soon adored his sons. He knew he should be thrilled by their joy at being awake and alive, but each morning, whenever they appeared, he would instinctively stretch out his hand, not for them, but for something colder. Quote, I would reach over and grab my phone to check my email, he told me, even though these amazing, wonderful, sweet creatures are crawling around in my bed. Every time he thought about it, he felt ashamed. Soon had trained as a a physicist, but after a while, he figured he was going to have to investigate at the Technical University of Denmark, where he's a professor in the Department of Applied Mathematics and Computer Science, what was happening, not just in uh, physics, but in himself. I had been obsessed with how I was losing my own ability to focus, he told me. I was realizing that somehow I was not able to control my own use of the Internet. He found himself mindlessly following the small details of events like the U.S. presidential election on social media, hour after hour, achieving nothing. Story of my life. This was just affecting him as a parent, not just affecting him as a parent, but as a scientist. He said, I came to this realization that my job in a way is to think of something that is different from everyone else but I was in an environment where I was just getting all the same information as everyone else and I was just thinking the same thing as everybody else. And that's why your culture is going to shit. No, I added that part. He had a sense that the deterioration he was experiencing in his focus was happening to a lot of people around him. But he also knew that at many points in history, people have thought they were experiencing some kind of disastrous social decline when in fact, they were merely aging. That's a good fucking point, Johan. It's a good fucking point. It's always tempting to mistake your personal decline for the decline of the human
0: species.
1: (laughs) That is so fucking true. Oh, that's so fucking true. I'm going to read that sentence again. Fuck you. It's always tempting to mistake your personal decline for the decline of the human species. That is so true. I got to stop doing that. Soon, who was in his late 30s at the time, asked himself, am I a grumpy old man or is the world really changing? So, with scientists across Europe, he launched the largest scientific study, yet, con- yet conducted to answer a key question. Is our collective attention span really shrinking? I mean, yeah, it is. At the first step, they drew up the uh, sources of information that they could analyze. All right, I don't want to read any more of that. That's fucking boring. Um, how much time am I at? 38.
0: Oh! Fuck.
1: Wow. You know what? I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to fucking go. Maybe, yeah, maybe recording two episodes back to back. I just run out of steam. I thought I had a lot more in there. It's tough, man. It's tough. And also, I just became, I like, I was interested in the book. And then I just became uninterested. And I'm not fucking doing something I'm not interested in. Um. But this book is really good. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's got the audio version. I have both. Whenever a book is really good, I get both. Um. And then, yeah, fucking Evertone. This fucking face thing. If you want cheekbones that are fierce as fuck. When you walk into Clurb, you should buy it. And there's no link because I won't get any money for promoting this because I just want to give you a fucking recommendation where no one gets paid. Except for this company if you choose to buy it. But maybe there's other ones out there. I don't fucking know. Um, guys, I hope you're you're doing okay. Uh, how, this is the Monday back from Thanksgiving. You know, make sure you got you got to go on walks. You got to go on walks. If you're in New York City December 1st, which is a Friday, come see me, Mikey D, and Corinne Fisher do a live Guys we Fucked at the Midnight Theater. And I'm going to give time back to the room, back to you, back to your life. Go, go look at a flower. Thank you. I love you. Bye.